0: All right, Father Jonathan, I think this upcoming Sunday is going to be a pink Sunday.
1: Is that what uh, the Sunday is? Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah.
0: yeah, today, as we record this, was the third Sunday in Lent, and so next week is Laetare Sunday, so we get to wear Le that tare. rose color.
1: I always get them c- get it confused with Gaudete, because yeah. they mean the same thing, don't they? Right, 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 is right. Is that right?
0: Yeah, you know, I think uh, I would not be surprised. I'd be willing to put money on this that someone will preach on the subtle differences between the <laughs> two and how important it is to make the distinction. Yeah. But in reality, I just don't think there's a there difference. Isn't any. <laughs> so, no, it's
1: the I'm, same thing.
0: Yeah, I uh, I think I think. Well, actually, as I say that, I think I, I'm remembering our our conversation here uh from gaudete sunday and i think i may have actually made this (laughs) made this distinction uh so there you go uh i think gaudete is a command and letare is a noun i see so like rejoice you will rejoice uh versus joy (laughs) um so anyway but it's curious because at least coming up this sunday the readings have nothing to do with joy (laughs) so so i don't Don't really have well do they
1: well hold on let's, I think they kind of do.
0: yeah okay, hold on. before we get there, let's just talk really quick uh, any any thoughts from the sermon today did you go to, get to go to mass yet?
1: Not yet.
0: <laughs> gotcha. well let me just say really quick I because uh, this is an important topic for that we tend to talk about I <laughs> I really struggled with today's homily i uh it was one of those homilies where I sat down. And I was like, "What just happened like <laughs> I it wasn't what bad, was yeah, it wasn't bad, but it also wasn't really all that good, you know, yeah, um I was clearly like at least the way I felt was kind of like I was grasping a little bit at trying to find something, and it's kind of touches on what we're gonna talk about for this upcoming Sunday. I'm just really struggling to find the thread between these readings, yeah. you know um." I just kind of wish they would just give us the scrutiny readings. Like that's all, <laughs> that, it's always makes more sense for Len, you know?
1: It does. It does. But I, you know, I think that's important. I, I think it's important for us to realize that not every one of these is going to be a home run, even though we, you know, in a lot of ways, the people of God deserve a home run every Sunday. Hmm. Like you're just a human being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And totally. sometimes you're just not feeling it.
0: Dude, I was not um, feeling it today. <laughs>
1: Yeah, And I mean, as much as we desire to, to to be the best and to do the best that we can, I think th- there's a similar obligation for the people of God to recognize that we are just human beings. Yeah, yeah. That as long as we are trying our best, then, you know, an off Sunday shouldn't be the end of the world. Right,
0: right. You know, your, uh, your sports metaphor is a welcome one. Uh, I lived with uh, some of our scholastics uh, last year, and... One of the guys, one of my one of my good friends, he said, "You know what I like about your homilies? You just get on base. That's all we <laughs> want. We just want you to get on base. You don't need to hit a home run. Just get on base, yeah, and we'll bring right. it home. You know, that's right. Uh, that's right. And I really appreciate that because I think I do swing for the rafters uh, every Sunday, and it's like you know, sometimes just get on base and let God do the rest for these people. Um, that's right. So anyway, I'll just tell you really quick my uh, my main my main point for the readings this Sunday, um, I've, I've been I've been stringing together all the Sundays of Lent so far and Ash mm-hmm. Wednesday. And I've been thinking a lot about, and this ties in what's coming up for Leitari, um, how every different major day we had Ash Wednesday, one first Sunday, second Sunday, now the third Sunday, a different image of the spiritual life has sort of been proposed. Like we had ashes, then we had desert, then we had mountain. Um, and I've been sort of proposing that in my homilies as like, food for reflection, food for prayer, like maybe desert imagery is not useful to you, maybe mountain imagery is not useful to you. And so what I proposed today was, in the Spanish translation, it's really interesting for the first reading, um, the first reading is translated as saying that Egypt is the house of slavery. Whoa. And then the gospel is the house of my father. So I had this whole thing about another image for Lent is, or the spiritual life is entering into the father's house. And mm-hmm. that... The commandments are not laws of enslavement, but they're laws of of liberation. So the rules of God's house, kind of, we mentioned last week in this episode, you know how God comes to cleanse His house by laying down the law, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's for freedom, for freedom's sake. Anyway, it was something along yeah, like those that. lines. I like that. Very good. Well, I mentioned that that kind of ties into this upcoming Sunday, just because the first reading, which is kind of a gut punch of a reading ties into the the temple imagery that we had from today's gospel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I so here's why I was kind of what I was alluding to earlier, like this first reading, yeah, it's kind of a we're leading up we're, chronicles is sort of a looking back and giving us the the footnotes version of all of this. But we're we're talking about the exile, but then it ends on one of the best notes. Yeah. Uh which is Cyrus. Uh Issuing his edict to allow the people to return to their home, right? To return right. to Jerusalem. So, I do think that there's an, a, a sense of joy there. Like, yeah, this is now, we are now being not necessarily freed to be our own nation once again. That'll come later. Well, very later. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, but we're at least getting our home back.
0: Yeah. 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 Hey, I mean, and sort of the thing I was talking about just a minute ago, is like, House, home, that kind of imagery yeah, exactly. Is, exactly. is clutch, you know. Um, and I appreciate that because I, I was, ki- I even drew a line between the first half and the second half of the chronicles reading because it's a bit of a like whiplash effect where you have this like very sad. Uh, experience of exile, and then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute! But there's also the end of the story is here. Yeah. Um, well,
1: that's. I mean, again, looking forward to this is that moment of joy in our, in our season of Lent, where we get that chance to look forward to, mm, um, yeah, to yeah, look yeah. past the crucifixion, uh, the Good Friday, and kind of peek at the hope of of the return of you know mm. the return home. No, it's to good. see Easter Sunday, kind of peek back, peel back the veil a little bit.
0: No, that's good. that's good. yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way that you could preach that entire first reading as sort of a summary of how our journey in Lent and also how the Paschal mystery functions is that there is sadness and despair, but it's always tied with the hope mm-hmm. of new life and returning home. Um, I like that. I like that there's a there's maybe an image there too that you could preach on with the return home, not just house imagery, but like right. returning home as imagery for the spiritual life, that, right, right you know um I've kind of gotten on this kick. Uh, Recently, I'm not sure if it's because what I'm studying right now with spirituality, but like my homilies have taken a very like sharp turn towards spiritual advice, like kind of like spiritual (laughs) Uh exhortation of like, here are different images for the spiritual life that you can think about. Um, So this return home could be another one of those, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Somebody just asked me the other day if I tend to like preach, like if I have themes when I preach. And I think you know, I don't necessarily give advice like that, but I do try to uh, to keep certain um, themes coming up such as such as what we we're just talking about, like there's always going to be that that bit of hope that shines through mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like as dark as it gets, as dark as it seems, like it doesn't we don't end there, right right uh, right and I think that's the beauty of our gospel as well, that you know this great gift that God has given to humanity, which is his very self Uh, for he so loved the world that he gave his only son.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Hey, I love, I love uh, in the gospel. I mean, there is the tension between darkness and light. Like there's, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm always struck to the core by the people preferred the darkness to the light. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We have this weird idea that like, if everyone just saw the light, they would immediately find, you know how how illuminating and how life giving it is, but like no, we we've been told the, <laughs> the truth of the gospel, <laughs> yeah. and yet we yeah. still tend to prefer the darkness. Um, yeah. like there is good news here for sure that Christ has come to bring the light, but there's also something that's an invitation here that's a little bit that's a little bit sharp. It's like, be weary of not preferring darkness to light. Like maybe there is the invitation to continue with Lent. It's like, how are you? uh maybe rehabilitating your preference. Are you finding yourself drawn to the light or are you finding yourself rejecting the light? Like the light is there, but are you willing to mm-hmm. receive it, prefer it, want it, or do you find yourselves moving back to the darkness, you know? Right. Um and being honest about that. Like we yeah. tend I tend to prefer my sins over my moments of conversion, you know?
1: Oh, are you joking? Absolutely. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, this is if I mean this whole this whole passage, this whole verse set uh what is it, 314 through 21, like, no truer, truer words have been said. Like, right. it, it sums it up. Right. Like, we totally prefer the darkness to light. And I'm reminded of the reading that we had just a couple of days ago of Lazarus and the rich man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 the yeah. rich man crying out to Abraham to, you know, send somebody to to warn his family of their of their misdeeds. And he's like, "What are you talking about? You have the prophets. You know Mm -hmm. Moses. Mm -hmm. Do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you if you're not willing to do that, then somebody being raised from the dead is not going to convince you either. It's like, man, that cuts right to the bone.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. It's a curious thing. Like I, I am I am interested in thinking about this some more. Of like, how how is it? It's it's not really enough to have the gospel in front of you. You know, Uh, to have even the gospel preached at you." It's like if, if we're not, like the, like you're saying, like you have Moses, you have the prophets, it's there in front of you. Yeah. Um, but what, like this, I think the spiritual life, the life of faith, the Christian walk is about rehabilitating your preference to actually want that, right. you know? Right. Um, like that's true conversion. Conversion is not just hearing the good news, but like it's letting it cut to the bone, like you said, letting it be right. something that you prefer rather than the way that you used to live, you know? Um, yeah
1: I mean but this gets to the very core of of what it means to be a Christian like and this again is one of those themes that I that I preach on all the time like it's not just it's not good enough just to be good enough like to be a good person right it's got to change you that's right that's and if right. and if you and if you're not being changed by that encounter uh that St Paul speaks about then then in a sense <laughs> you're missing yes. the entire point yes
0: yes yes for sure for sure um yeah, hey, I was uh, just as a really quick reference to Nicodemus at the beginning. I think what you just said about being changed. Um, I mean, it's just that imagery from Moses and the serpent, like that's precisely what uh, mm-hmm. what that is is being changed. But in particular, it's a healing. So the that serpent was healing them from the wounds of the Seraph serpent. So the change that comes with, and this gets to your your love for the Great Divorce, with that image of how painful it is to change, you know, I don't want you to kill this lizard that's on my shoulder because it hurts too much. It's like, well, the change, the change of your preference, the conversion that's being asked of you is a healing, is a healing of who you are. Like, God is asking you to let him heal you. uh, But that can be a little bit painful, you know? Well, it's a death. I mean, that's
1: that's why we use that imagery of, you know, baptism and through the waters of baptism, you're in a sense dying to your to yourself, dying to your sins and right. rising again, uh, in the life of Christ. Right, right. Um, and again, that's what I love about again this language that God has uh, that we that we have in this gospel uh, that He gave. Like that's such a wonderful um, way of speaking about. I mean, that's love, right? We we will we do something for for somebody else, and if we're mm-hmm. not giving of ourselves then we're not actually loving, we're not actually doing anything, we're not actually changed. And so for God to kind of show us how it's done, um, and not just to send him to to the world, like, again, we don't stop there.
0: Uh, yeah, but we, he's... It, 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 yeah. He sends
1: him to the very end, to the cross. Like
0: Right, but for what reason? So that we might return home. So
1: that we might live, yeah
0: you know, if you go back to the imagery of the first reading, it's like our promised land is life with Christ, you know, in the kingdom of the Father. So where, yeah, I mean, it all, it's the whole Paschal mystery here, you know, folded in with the incarnation Mm -hmm. to the Paschal mystery. Um, No, this is good. You know, as we're talking, I'm finding myself uh, moved to kind of a certain optimism or hope or joy as we're talking about these readings, just because you're right, even though they're not explicitly about joy, uh, how could you not rejoice in knowing that God loves you. Right. Um, right? It's like, if they're all about love and returning to the home in the bosom of the father, and God so loved us that he gave us his son as a gift, that should o- only elicit joy in you, you know, hopefully, you know? Right. Um. So anyway, yeah, I appreciate that. Like there's, they are about ultimately hope because the gospel is about hope. Sorry. They are yeah. about joy because the gospel is about
1: joy. Right. It has to be. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's an interesting, uh, Oh, oh, I hesitate to call it a contradiction. It's an interesting tension um, because I just got done talking about how, you know, this is a huge work on our part to give of ourselves as God has given to us first. Uh, But then we've got St. Paul going on about, and this can be kind of a confusing uh, bit from the letter to the Ephesians, Um, but he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from you, it is the gift of God. It is not from works, so no one may boast. Like, uh, one of the, so I was just on this retreat this past week, and one of the guys had this really, really wonderful image of, of, um, of penance of what penance means after the after confession. And because you know we we say that uh, there's nothing that you can do to earn God's forgiveness. Like that's just given, okay. But when you pull up a vice. You need to immediately plant something there in order to give it back uh, to, so that the vice doesn't grow back. Mm. Like that's the work that we can do is making sure that the vice doesn't, um, it's kind of regrow, and that's what the penance is for. Mm. So you're replacing it with, you know, a hail mary or whatever it is. Mm. And I think, and I think that's the wonderful way. At least that's how I'm understanding these two, these two uh, scriptures passages uh, side by side. Like there is a, there is a, a, a giving of oneself. Uh, but it's not so much that I am earning anything because it's not. It's only through through the sacrifice of Christ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I do have control over how I let it grow within my own heart.
0: Right. Yes, yes, yeah, for sure. Gosh, it's just it's hard to not smile thinking about how much of a <laughs> gift gift like yeah. the language that you're pointing out, gift, gave, yeah. loved. It's like all of that in the middle of Lent is such a, it's a, it's such a wonderful, like, well, and again, just,
1: yeah, just that, again, that line, for we are his handiwork, Hmm. like, man, (laughs) yeah, you could just, I I don't know if we could just preach a homily on that, but it's such a beautiful image, we are his handiwork. Yeah, yeah. Like, what does it mean to be, not just made, (laughs) like, you don't speak of handiwork in terms of just like, oh, yeah, I made that chair, um but it was we were fashioned mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh we were f- we were formed mhm
0: yeah and that we're being formed too that he's holding yeah, us yeah. in ex- he's creating us you know out of love he's creating us every moment you know um no this is good the immeasurable riches of his grace and the kindness of oh mm. yeah there's just too much there's a lot of imagery there That's yeah really so how
1: could we how could we boil it down how could we how could we make like a Hey, I think... Yeah, I mean, a clear I, message. As I, as I, Other than just joy? Is that it?
0: Well, no. I mean, I, I think so. I think so. But I also think if you look at the... Not to be too uh, on the nose, but I think that the res, like the responsorial psalm verse uh, is precisely kind of what we're... Like, what's bursting out of us a little bit is how can I be silent? <laughs> like, like, let my tongue be silenced if I ever forget you. Yeah. Because look at how much good you're doing in my life. Like, this is the yeah. sound of not someone who's in despair... But of someone who is rejoicing, you know, um, I I mean, I I know that this is a psalm that's coming from Babylon. Like they're in exile when they write this, you know, by the streams of Babylon, we sat and we wept, you know. Mm -hmm. But this is someone who's also saying that God, God is my joy. That's how the psalm ends, you know.
1: But consider that, though, like they are freaking in Babylon. They are in exile and they're saying this. Right. Like, that's huge. It's easy to say it when, yeah, after they've been given their homeland back or right. before they were exiled. Like, yeah, it's easy to say that. But right. when you're in it and you have the strength to say something like this, man, right, right, right. that's huge.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, hey, maybe, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is exactly correct, but in certain respects, we're still in exile. Like, we're not in our promised land. I mean, we are in the church. We are in the body of Christ, but we're still on pilgrimage back to the Holy Land. Um, And so how can we rejoice being in exile? Like, the Mm -hmm. words of the psalmist, I love this psalm. Like, by the streams of Babylon, we sat and we wept and we remembered Zion. But there's still joy, even in the midst of remembering the good things that God has done for us. You know, let my tongue cleave to my palate if I ever forget you. This is the song of someone who loves and longs for the Father, longs for his homeland. Like, lest we forget that God has sent his only son to die for us and to become man for us, let our tongue cleave to our palate, you know? Um, I don't know. There's a lot there.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I wonder if that's a way... Like, I'm still stuck on this first verse of the psalm. By the streams of Babylon, it, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. On the aspens of that land, we hung up our harps. Like, uh, that that's kind of like going to mass. Like, that's the liturgy. You know, mm. we, we see the world, you know, the Babylon of the world. Uh, and we weep when we remember Zion, when we go and we see that glimpse into uh, the life to come right Uh, right at the liturgy and then we we rejoice in that we hung up we hang up our harps we uh we sing we play music and uh and we shout for joy
0: yeah yeah gosh there's a lot there's a lot here i uh i think my parting thought here though is i wonder a lot of this sounds like hope to me more so than joy but i can't help Mm. but be rejoicing when you know we think about anyway they go together you know
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's Romans 12.12, rejoice in hope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) All
0: right, buddy, that's my thought. You got one?
1: All right, pal, go pray.
0: All right, peace.